This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. On by faith this last um, few weeks, and um, we're going to get into Joseph here this evening. We're going to look at there's only a couple of uh, a couple of words really here, one verse really in um, Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll get to it uh, in, a, in a moment. But we have been talking about characteristics really of a faith person. And really, at the beginning of this message, when we first started, I was talking about you know that that you know dogs they have characteristics. So you can tell it's a dog straight away, and so you know what if it's if it's going meow, it's not a dog because it doesn't have the characteristics of a dog. And it's the same when it comes to faith people as well. When you go to the Word of God, the Bible lets us know of the heroes of faith here in Hebrews chapter eleven, and there's certain qualities in their life that you know what we draw from, learn from, and so we've been taking them um, one at a time and looking at the qualities in their life. But tonight, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get into Joseph. And I'm not going to do a recap because it just it'll take too long, um, and I have a few things that I, I, I want to say on Joseph. For me, even just studying this out, just this last few weeks, um, and looking at Joseph's life here, just just from this angle. I know we we done a, a series on Joseph there uh, a while while back. It'd be a good while back, you know, where we talked about um, Joseph's dreams. And, um, and we looked at, you know, the process of Joseph, you know, um, you know, his brothers, you know, coming against him, you know, selling them off into Egypt and all of those kind of things and how long it took for his dream to come to pass. But I'm, what I'm going to look at tonight, I'm going to look at Joseph and this is right at the end of his life. This part was recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, but you can see Joseph, a man of faith, you know, all through those verses in Genesis, you can draw from the faith of, of Joseph. But it's talking about a particular thing here whenever you get into um, Hebrews chapter 11. But, you know, to really understand this, really what, we're, we're, what, what we need to look at just for a moment is just look at the integrity of God. I, I tell you, I, this is one of the foundational things that, that I've built my life on is the integrity of God, the integrity of God and His Word. You know, God, God stands by his word. When God speaks, that is it. He doesn't change. You know what, the Bible talks about, you know, um, about people that, that will swear to their own hurt. Well, I'm telling you, our God is a God, whenever he, he speaks, he does not change his mind. And you can base your life on what he says. And that's really the foundation. Whenever you look at in Hebrews 11 and you see Joseph's, Joseph's faith, that is the foundation of it. That is what it is built on. Just like all of us, you know what? How can you have faith in someone if you don't trust them? You know, you can't. It's, it's hard to trust a liar. You know, when someone lies to you over and over and over and over again, you know what? When they speak, it doesn't matter what they say. You take it with a pinch of salt. You don't believe it. You know, you, you, and, and when, sometimes when they are telling the truth, you really go digging. You're like, you know, you're trying to find out, are you telling the truth? Because they're not a person of their word. But our God is a God that you can, you can take what he says to the bank. You know, it's a cert when it comes to God. You can believe what he says. Amen. You know, it's like people that, that bet. You know, you hear them talking, they'll say, oh, that's a cert. 
that horse is a cert or whatever. And it never is. You know what? Uh, uh, overall, people lose in that game. It's, it's not a stable game. But do you hear those phrase, phrases? It's a cert. But you see, when it comes to God and His Word, it is a cert. When God says something, you can base your life and your eternity on every word that He says. And so that's the foundation for Joseph's faith here. Because I'll tell you, Joseph is a great man of faith. A great, great man of faith. And I'll just call a couple of these verses out. These are verses that we're familiar with. I'm not going to spend time getting into them. But look, Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what? If you can see Jesus in the Gospels healing, you know he's always the healer. Because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible talks about God, you know, that... Um, that he laid the foundations of the earth. This is in um, Psalms 102, verse 25 through 27. And it talks about, you know, that, that, that they shall perish. Um, they, they, um, they, they shall perish, but thou shalt endure. In other words, God's going to outlast everything. And then in verse 27, it says, but thou art the same. And thy years have no end. God's the same. So if God says something, he doesn't change his mind. It doesn't matter what the culture's saying. You know, our generation's trying to redefine what God says on a bunch of different things. You know, the top of the pops and that is like gender and, you know, marriage and those kind of things. But you know what? God doesn't change. And it's not because he's mean. It's because he made us and he knows what works. And, and you know what? It's better to trust Him. I learned a long time ago that God is my best interest at heart and God is your best interest at heart. And you can trust Him. He loves you more than anybody loves you. Um, Malachi 3 and verse 6, another verse that we'll use regularly, it says, For I am the Lord God, I change not. God does not change. Uh, James 1 verse 17, it talks about, you know, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. That just simply means that God doesn't change. Saying the same thing over and over and over again. With people, people change all the time. And thank God that we do change because you know what? We can change and become more like him. We're going from glory to glory. Thank God that we are. Thank God that we are all changing. Amen. And we're all on, on that growth path to where we can change. Things don't have to stay the same for us. But when it comes to God, God never changes. That's why it's so good when you see someone that's in a condition, you know, and they're walking with God. So sometimes you just need to give people time because they will change. You know what? It's just like in the natural, you grow out of some things. Spiritually, you grow out of some things as well. As you continue to put the Word of God in you, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Thank God we're growing. There's growth with us. There's change with us. But our God changes not. He's always the same. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful, powerful truth. Um, the, the Bible says in Romans um, 3 verse 4, it says, Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, if somebody says something opposite to what God says, God isn't the one that's the liar. Everybody else is. So it's just saying, let God be true. So, you know, and, and, and let me say this as well. In a generation where you hear these phrases now, 
you hear these phrases, my truth? You hear that? My truth. There is no my truth. There's your experience. There is no my truth. There's only the truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. And for a believer, I can understand the world that do not have the scriptures and are not basing their life on the scriptures. But I'm telling you, when a believer starts saying, my truth, they're, they're, not, they're not meant to be living. We're not meant to be living by our truth. We're meant to be living by the truth. Thy word is truth. You know what? I learned a long time ago that if God says one thing and my opinion is something else, God's right. It's not God that needs to change. It's me that needs to change. And that's why we go through the process of renewing our mind. Because every one of us, every one of us need to change. We're changing our whole life. You know what? It's not, it's not why we renew our mind. It's not why we come to the Word. It's not why we present ourselves. You know, there's always areas in our life where we say, God, I'm not, I'm just not there in that area. And then you, you, sometimes just God starts dealing with you in an area and you start praying about it. Or it's like every time you open up your Bible, there it is, it's saying the same thing again. Have you ever been there? Where you, it's just like it's, it's repetitive. And you realize, God, you're dealing with me in this. And that's out of love. God's trying to show you I have something better for you. I have a different path for you. I have a different way of thinking. I have a different way of treating people. I have a different way of loving people, forgiving people. That's a good thing. God doesn't change. Then, you know, we know God and his word are the same. John 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Talking about Jesus here. Jesus is, in John 1.14, it says, He is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning. Praise God. Revelations 19 says, talking of Jesus when he returns um, at the end of the tribulation period, at the battle of Armageddon, and I'm telling you, he's, he's able to deal with the Antichrist and all of his armies. The, Satan is no match for our Jesus. Absolutely none. He is no match for him whatsoever. Um, and he's going to come and he's going to deal with them. But the Bible says, and his name is the word of God. And he's going to deal with them by speaking. Praise God. I'll tell you, Satan is no match. Absolutely no match for our God. None whatsoever. Amen. And he's no match for the word. The word's already came and defeated him. Praise God. Um, numbers, and I just, I'm listening to these quick without getting into them, but these are the foundation of what I'll look at. Okay, um, Numbers 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, Amen. neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said, and shall he not do it? Hath he not spoken, and shall he not make it good? When God gives you his word, he'll make it good. Amen. It'll come to pass. So God's, God doesn't speak and then back off. God speaks with full intention that I'll make it good. Just believe me. Just believe me, I'll make it good in your life. Praise God. Um, and that's why it's so important. I love the way it's phrased there, God is not a man. That's why it's so important not to tar God with man's brush. You know, many times you, say, you know, we'll say we tar everyone with the same brush. Well, do you know what? People lie. People are not perfect. You know, there, there, there's even people have good intentions. 
God doesn't have good intentions. God's truth. There's a lot of people of good intentions. You know, I'm sure we've all had good intentions in life. None of us are perfect. You know, we have um, people that are, are, are good in their intentions, and you have a lot of people that are, are a person of their word, but they're not perfect. You know, we want to be those people that, that will speak and we'll, it'll, we'll, we'll follow through even if it hurts us. We'll swear to our own hurt. That's, that's integrity in, in us. But you know what? God, I'm telling you, when God speaks, it's truth. 100% of the time and all of heaven is backing what he says. Amen. Um, in Titus 1 and verse 2 it says in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie he can't lie God cannot lie why? because when he speaks it's truth and when he speaks he stands by it and he will not go opposite to it you can base your life on that you can't base your life on culture because I tell you, do you see the culture we know in, in our generation, like the culture um, just uh, that I grew up in, beliefs, social beliefs, all of those kind of things that shape your culture, they were different whenever I was growing up. Whenever I was 16, that was 30 years ago. So when I was 16, it was a different mindset than it is now. Do you know why? Because the world has been reprogrammed again through media and pressure and all of those kind of things to where people now think different in our generation about a lot of issues. But I can tell you, God hasn't changed one bit. He's always been the same from before the foundation of the world and he's going to be the same in eternity. What he says, you can base your life upon what he says. That's good. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. You all love these verses. Psalms 138 and verse 2. It says, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Praise God. I'm telling you, God is a God of his word. Here's a, a real key one here. And again, I'm not going to get into this here, but I just want to make reference to it because we'll see where Joseph's faith is coming from in a moment. Why was such a person of faith? And so when people say, you know what, I have my truth, you'll never be a person of faith if you have your truth. You have to base your life on the word. You know, people say, oh, things change, you have to go with the times. No, I'm going with the word. I'm not going with the times. I'm going with the word. Now, if there's things that need to change that don't change the word, you know what, I'll change as far as technology. You know what? Keep up with technology. There's nothing wrong with that. We live in the 21st century. But when it starts, when we get to the place where, you know what, you need to keep up with the times where it's rewriting what God says. No, I'm not going there. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm sticking with God. I'll keep you safe because here's the thing. Culture's going to change. Let me tell you, the culture in the 70s was different in the 80s uh, uh, and then in the 90s. And you know what? In 10 years' time, it'll be different again. But God's word will be the same. It's an anchor for your life, an anchor for your soul. Praise God. Thank God that Jesus doesn't change. It's not my Jesus and your Jesus. There's Jesus. Praise God for it. What a wonderful Savior he is. 
He's good. Do you know what? When, when it's, you often heard it said, when it's not broke, it doesn't need to be changed. And I'm telling you, our God is perfect. Our God is good. His word is good. People have built their lives on the word before we were ever born and at work for them. Amen. And that's why when you look at the heroes of faith, they built their life on the word. And if it was good enough for them and they got a good report, praise God, well then it's good enough for us. And I'm going to believe what God says. Amen. And I tell you, it might get us in trouble in this culture that we're in. Or some people might think we're bigots or any, all of these things that are said. I've had it said about me. And you know what? And the, the thing is, when you walk with our God, our God gives you love for people, even the people, because you see that people are ignorant, ignorant of God, ignorant of, of His Word. And you know what? Our response is not one of hate. Our response is one of love. But we don't change. We don't change what we believe. Amen? Now look at this here. Hebrews 6. Powerful, powerful, powerful few verses here. Talking about when God, you know, made promise to Abraham. Hebrews 6 and verse 13, it says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Look at this saying, look at this key word, because it's going to come up in a minute. Saying, surely. Look at that, surely. Saying, surely, bless and I will bless thee and multiply thee. And, uh, and, uh, and multiply and I will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured this is Abraham he obtained the promise for God verily swear by the or for, sorry for men verily swear by the greater and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife in other words when we when we want to really settle the issue you know you hear people always say you know what I swear you know, I, I, I swear on my wife's life. They don't want to swear on their own. No, I swear on the wife's life. I swear on the wife's life. You know, and, and when people swear, it's the saddly issue. It's like there's, that's it finished. When you swear, it is done. It's an oath. Years ago, people were more off their word. And so they didn't have to sign anything. They just spoke. You see many people years ago, spat in their hand, shook hands. That was it. Deal done. They wouldn't dare break their word. But now in our generation, you make sure everything's signed. There's not the same integrity in people. But God, to prove to Abraham that he was telling Abraham the truth, he says, there's nobody greater to swear by, so I swear by myself. In other words, you, I'm, I'm, my name is worth nothing. I'm worth nothing as a God if I don't keep my promise to you. I'm not a God worth serving because I won't be a God of my word. And, he, and God put his whole name, reputation on the line with Abraham in a covenant. Praise God. So you can see this here with, with, with our God, that our God is a God of absolute integrity. Heaven and earth will pass away. God's word will stand firm, the Bible says. And you can look at verse after verse after verse that speak about God and his integrity. Another one just before I move on here is Psalms 89 and verse 34. It says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the, the, the thing that has gone out of my lips. I'll not change. When I speak, that's it settled. When I speak, it's binding. I do not change. I do not alter what I say. Praise God. You know what? We have a covenant with God. 
Amen. And you know, uh, God said, our covenant, he said, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So you see, you see this thing of thinking we'll get to heaven, God's going to replay all your past. Forget about that. He said, your sins and iniquities, I'll remember and no more. It's done. People may remember them. But you know what? I'm not basing my life on people anyway. So, but God, he says, I'll remember no more. Praise God. Yes, we have a covenant with God. And when, it's, when we're in a covenant with God, let me tell you, he does not change that covenant. Thank God that we, are, we have a covenant with our God. Amen. Um, now, Satan's aim is always to discredit God's integrity. Uh, he did it with, with Adam and Eve. You know, God said, you know, not to eat off the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, for you'll surely die. And what did Satan say to Eve? You will not surely die. See, Satan attacks God surely. Amen? He attacks it. Because then, if you can attack God surely, then it casts doubt on who God is and what he says, and then you have no basis for faith. And so that's, that's why doubt is the weapon of Satan. Doubt and unbelief. He is always bringing doubt on what God says. You know, God says something and it's but. God says something but. But what if? And he's always trying to discredit God's character. Because if you want to be a person of faith, you have to believe what God says. He's a God of integrity. That's why when it talks about, you know, a faith in, in Hebrews 11 um, and verse 1, faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, when you look into those words, it means confidence as well. You know, you can't have confidence in God if you don't believe what he says. But when you believe what he says and you realize, you know, when God said, surely, you can base your life in that. When Adam and Eve ate off the tree, they surely died. Now, it came to pass. Do you know why? Because God gave a surely. He gave a, a certainty to it. Well, do you know, when you find a promise from God, let me tell you, there's a surely to it as well. But Satan comes to bring doubt. He's, he's a, Satan's a liar. He's the liar. But he's a deceiver. And he makes it out that God's the liar. He makes it out that God said it, ah, but, but it he wouldn't do it for you. Do you know, you're past, you're this, you're that. Praise God, our sins and iniquities he remembers no more. When you come to God, you come based on your righteousness, based on who you are in Christ Jesus. You have boldness to access God. But you see, Satan comes with doubt. Now, let me look over here in, in, in Hebrews 11 and just look at this here with Joseph. Because Joseph was a great man of faith. And you see where his faith was based. And it's based in the integrity of God. Look at this here, Hebrews 11 verse 22. It says here, by faith, Joseph. It says here, when he died... He made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. So we say, well, where's, where's the faith in this? 
And what is the characteristic that we're really looking for? We're looking at, you know, faith people command. Okay? Faith is not a suggestion. Faith is a command. Didn't God command light to shine out of darkness? Amen? And if you go looking through the Gospels, and there's so many things you can look at. I'm just skimming over the surface this evening. But you go and look at how many times Jesus, you know, commanded. He gave authority to the disciples as well to do the same thing that he done. Jesus spoke to the storm. He commanded the storm. He commanded sickness. He, he commanded so many different things. He speaks and commands. The Bible tells us to command as well. The Bible tells us that whatever things we ask in his name, the word ask there is, dem is demand. It is command. And it's not that we're commanding God. It's, it's using our authority. It's not that we're coming to God and saying, I, I'm in charge. No, it's like, it's like these lights that are uh, on here. You know what? The, the power is supplied up to the building, but it's at your disposal. You have to flick the switch. And that's what it means when you take the name of Jesus, you have the authority to use it, that you take it and you use it. And then Jesus said, I'll back it. I'll back that name. That is a command. So we see here that, that Joseph commanded. And what he's commanded is, he's commanding based on, you know, that you take my bones. So Joseph um, is about to die at this stage. He's at the end of his life. And as I said earlier, if you look at Joseph's life, you can see great principles all the way through his life. Great, great principles. But he's at the end of his life here. And he is, he's commanding, he's stepping out in faith. He's saying something that actually, he's releasing faith even in his last days. Praise God. The Bible says the just shall live by faith all the days of your life. And so he's at the end of his life and he is basing his life on what God says and he's speaking forth in line with what God says because he's expecting that God is going to back what he has promised already, that he's going to back it. Amen? Um, let me look back here just for a second here and look back to Genesis here, Genesis 15, because here's where Abraham was, or sorry, where um, Joseph was taking his faith from. Genesis 15 and verse 13, when, this is when God cut that covenant with Abraham and he, he said, surely I'll bless you. He said, I swear by myself. He, he, he's, 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 he's swearing, he's, he's, um, it's an oath on God's part that God's saying, when I say something, you can take it to the bank, Abraham. Abraham. And so Joseph has this mentality that when God speaks, let me tell you, he does what he says. Because I seen it with Abraham and he, with Isaac. And he's saying, uh, with my father Jacob. And I'm telling you, that same God, he blessed me. And I've had history with that God. That God gave me two dreams. And those dreams came to pass. And you know what? It, it, there was delays. And it looked like it was never going to come to pass. But I held on to it and I believed. I believed when I was in the prison. And it looked like it was impossible. But surely one day, didn't I get called before Pharaoh? And I'm telling you, the dream came to pass. What God give? He's had history of God standing by his word. He's seen God in action based on what God said he would do. And he's at the end of his life and he's saying, I'm basing my life and I'm releasing faith at this time based on what God has said here to Abraham. And look, look, here's what God said to Abraham. He said, 
And he said to Abraham, no, of a surety. Again, that's integrity. So when God speaks, you can, he, he's saying, no, of a surety, this is going to take place. Amen. You see, when, when the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming again, and we're going to get caught out of here, that is going to happen. That is not, it might happen. That is a fact. That's going to happen. Amen. There is going to be a tribulation period. That is a fact. There is going to be a millennium. And we're going to be with Jesus for a thousand years on this planet. That is a fact. And then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be with him forever and forever and forever. And that is a fact. You can base your life on what he says. So God's promising Abraham this. And he's saying, know for surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. Talking about Egypt. And they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And it says, and also that nation whom they serve will I judge. And then it says, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Did that come to pass? Absolutely it did. God gave the, uh, uh, the children of Israel favor with the Egyptians, and they left with a favor of God upon them. And so... Joseph, like, he's at the end of his life. And he's, just think about this here. Joseph had, it. Joseph had everything. Joseph, Joseph was respected. Do you, know, do you know when Jacob died, that they honored Jacob because of Joseph? The Egyptians honored Jacob. They mourned for him for 70 days. They respected him. Only two days short of what a pharaoh gets respect when he dies. So they cut it short a bit. That was a lot of respect. Joseph had respect. Joseph had position. I'm telling you, they looked after. Joseph looked after his family. He had everything. But you know what? Joseph is making commandment concerning his bones. And he's saying there's a day coming. Whenever God's going to take us out of Egypt, God's going to visit us as a people. And we're going to leave here and go into that land that God promised Abraham. That will come to pass. And what is Joseph saying? Do you see, use a command, just make an oath to me based on what God has said. That when I leave, you take my bones. Where was his faith? He was believing. There's somewhere better for Something better is coming for us. God, you're going to visit us. It's down the line. Everything's rosy in the garden now, but there's going to come a day when things are not going to be rosy in the garden. And you know what? God, but you're going to be faithful to your word. And God, you're going to deliver us. And isn't that what happened? Wasn't there another king that then rose up after Joseph? And he had forgot all about Joseph. And they had taskmasters and put pressure on the children of Israel. But wasn't God faithful? He visited the children of Israel, and he brought them out of there. But here's the thing, when they left, they left with all of the substance and all of that stuff, but they left with something else as well. They left with Joseph's bones. Yeah. Amen. And they carried those bones around the wilderness for 40 years. Think of that. Why? Because that was Joseph's faith that this will come to pass because God promised this to Abraham. And when you leave, Take my bones with you. Joseph had everything that this world 
could give as far as position and all of those kind of things, but it had no hold on his life whatsoever. He was living for what God said. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. God will look after you. But don't have roots in this world. We're to have our roots in the kingdom of God. We're, to, we're looking for a city just like Abraham was. Amen? We're not living for here. That's what he was basing it on. Now, in Genesis 50, verse 22, it says, And, jo and Joseph dwelt in e Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And then this is this verse that I shared in our second row. When Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And look at this. And God will surely visit you. Why? Because he said it. You see, Joseph based his life on the integrity of God. It didn't look like it was going to happen. You couldn't see it coming. You no, know, looking just down, down the line, it looked like it was never going to happen. Just with the eyesight. But when God says something, you can base your life on it. He expected it. And he was inspecting the Jews are going to have an encounter with God. God's going to visit you. Let me tell you, God has visited us in Jesus, okay? Jesus came, thank God. And we've had encounters with Jesus by receiving him. But I'm telling you, there's going to be encounters with God that a lot of people are going to have coming into end days and people's going to have encounters with God in their prayer life and God's going to give them direction, vision, dreams I'm telling you people's going to have encounters with God, direction from God, God's going to visit people in that manner, Jesus has come and you know thank God we have the Holy Ghost but God's going to come with visions and dreams for us, the Bible tells us that we'll have visions and dreams dreams from him. I'm not talking about some weird thing. You know, people come out with all types of weird things, but I'm talking about where God's going to visit his people. He's going to give people plans, dreams for these end days. Amen. And it says, now we'll bring you out of this land, onto the land which he swore unto Abraham. You see, he had history unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's expecting this. Yeah. And I love this here. And, and, and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying God will surely visit you and, and ye shall carry up my bones from thence praise God and it says so Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt so he was embalmed you know, that, that preserved you you know the Egyptians were masters at that but you know what Joseph died at 110 um, years of age he died okay and then there's 64 years between Joseph's did I say Joseph? Joseph died okay 110 years of age there is 64 years between Joseph dying and Moses being born okay all this time Mo uh, Joseph's been dead and bombed sitting in Egypt okay then we know that you had Moses at 40 years of age. You know, he'd done the runner that time. And then he was in the wilderness for 40 years, you know, on the backside of the desert, really, for 40 years. There's 80 years. So that's, that's um, 64 years. And then, um, and then 80 years on top of that. So that's 144 years. 
before they leave Egypt. Praise God. But I'm telling you, Joseph was believing it's going to come to pass. See, sometimes even if it takes a long time for something to come to pass, don't let go. God gives you a promise and it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. You stand on what God says. Amen. Trust God. God's true. God, you can take God by his word. And then for um, 40 years, he walked, they walked around with him. You think about that. That was a testimony to everyone. That was a testimony. You know, they, they, there was two boxes walked around the, uh, the, the wilderness for 40 years. There was the Ark of the Covenant. And there was Moses' bones, or sorry, Joseph's bones, as a testimony of Joseph's faith. Do you know what, when, when, when Moses showed up, I'm sure there was people saying, you know what, Joseph was right. Because they'd have heard about Joseph. They'd have heard all about him. And Joseph was right. And they said, There's, God's going to visit us. We're out of here some of these days because I tell you, Joseph told us and he, he, made, he made our fathers promise us that we'd take those bones with us. That's how much he trusted God and believed God. And next thing Moses is showing up and I'm telling you, he's performing all of these signs and wonders by God. Amen. Mighty signs and wonders. And the next thing, the children of Israel are all leaving and who's leaving as well? Only, only um, Joseph. His bones. He's a, you know what, he, at that time he was in Abraham's bosom, okay? That was a different setup. But you know what? But his bones, his body, they carried, they carried him out. Why? Because you know what? He was believing to be buried in the promised land because he, that was an act of faith saying, did you take me with you? Do you know what? Whenever they showed up at Jericho, who shows up on him? Joseph's bones. George, when you, when you look at it all through, there was, it was a, at least from, from Joseph released faith based on what God said. It was at least um, 184 years before he was buried. At least. Now, it took them five years really to, to conquer the land. Because um, when, um, when the children of it, when, when they went in, the spies went in. And then 40 years later, when they went in to, to, to conquer the land, to, to, um, what do you call it? Joshua and Caleb, they were 40 years of age. And then Caleb, he was still saying, Give me the mountain where the giants are. And he says, I'm as strong now as I was then. He was 85 then. So it was 40 years plus the five years of, of possessing the land. So this was like 189 years from he told those guys promise me that you will take me when you go, make an oath with me because I'm telling you my God's a God of promise and I'm asking you to promise me because we're going to be out of here praise God that was a great act of faith he died in faith trusting God that they would enter into the promised land what an act of faith Faith people command. He commanded them. Take me with you. When we leave, my he's already gone, okay, spirit. But he's saying, take my bones. It's a living testimony walking in front of them everywhere he went. 
You know, anytime you got discouraged, you could look over and go, Joseph was right. We are going to we are going to win here. We are going to win at Jericho. Praise God, we're going in. And you know what? And Joseph's bones were buried in the promised land. Two boxes <laughs> walked around the wilderness for 40 years. Amen. That's awesome. See, the, word, the same word for coffin is actually the same word that is used for the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, one of, the, one of the boxes, one was dead, the other one was living. One speaks of death, the other speaks of the eternal presence of God. Amen. One speaks of dying in faith. And that that land is ours. The other speaks of the God that will bring them in. Powerful. Joseph was a great, 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 great man of faith. Amen. There's a lot more we could look at there. I'm just skimming the surface and that. But really, what, what do we learn from Joseph's life? We learn that when God promises, you can take it to the bank. And he had experience in that. He had already experienced in that. And he could die saying, take my bones with you. Amen. There are some people that believe as well that when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says that there was other bodies that rose from the dead as well. And there are some people believe that, you know, Joseph could have been one of those that walked into Jerusalem that day. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't tell us any names. Who knows? Maybe he was believing God for something even beyond. He was, he's looking down the line and saying, you know what, one day, do you know what, there's going to be resurrection. I'm, I'm, I'm not rising here, I'm rising up there. Amen. Amen. Even like Donald lost their mum this year. I lost my dad at the end of last year. But you know what, I, these are verses like this that I, see whenever I even have gone out to the graveyard, and I, I was standing there because I said it at Donna's mum's, I said, see from this very spot, there's a miracle going to take place. Whenever this body's going to rise again, incorruptible. Amen. And we're going to be with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. All of us, we're going to be raptured one day, praise God, out of here. That's going to come to pass. You know what, and, and, and that's really helped me. Because when you go and you stand at a grave, you're looking, and, and it can be like a, it is a loss, you know what I mean? It's a loss, it's a major loss. But also I stand there in faith. I stand there in faith, and I always remind myself when I'm standing there, and I think, praise God, miracle's going to take place right at this spot. Amen. When that trumpet goes, I'm telling you, the Bible says the dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. And then we which are alive and, re and remain, we're going to be snatched up in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. You see, even, even in situations like that, we have surety. We have confidence. We have faith. Amen. Even in the midst of loss and hurt and, you know, your, your emotions get hurt when you face situations like that. You miss people. I miss my dad desperately, Donna, her mum, and anybody that's had lost my mum on top of that. She's had her sister, lost her sister um, this year as well. But you know what? There's, there's, there's faith in the midst of it. Why? Because we have promises from God. Amen. Promises. Praise God. Amen. Amen. 
What a good God we serve. Amen. Oh, we love you tonight, Lord. We just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord God, that your word causes us to have faith. Lord, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And Lord, we have assurance, confidence in you and what you say, because you are not a man that you should lie. Lord, when you speak, Lord God, you do not alter it. You do not change what comes out of your mouth. Lord God, we love you and we praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number 1 at gmail.com.